welcome to Music is the Drug, Cowboy Junkies podcast. I'm Dave Bowler and I write the Cowboy Junkies biography, Music is the Drug. Each week, with the help of Michael Timmins and Alan Anton, we draw back the curtain on songs and albums from throughout the band's repertoire. You can find us at all the usual podcast outlets, so please subscribe, like, review, share and do all the other social media things that you can think of. It helps spread the word. Today we're looking at Crescent Moon from the band's fifth record, Pale Sun, Crescent Moon. It's the first track on the album, and that big opening that you heard in our intro signified a deliberate move from the band to reapproach their sound a bit, as Michael points out. Yeah, I mean, that was the intention. It was definitely, uh, intent, you know, there was obviously going to be the, the lead-off track on the record. Um, and, you know, with the, yeah, the opening sort of, you know, semi semi power chords i wouldn't i don't know if we ever do actual power chords but you know sort of a big a big opening um and you know that record pale sun was a was an album that we wanted to you know get a bit louder we ken meyer we had for the uh as a second guitar player for the whole record so sort of a, a double guitar um a double guitar album in a way uh, very very focused on the on the two guitars and with 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 with, with added instrumentation but that was sort of the way we wrote and um, so yeah, uh, that, that was intentional to sort of have a big, a big opening, you know, a big dramatic opening. You know, I can't really remember the mindset so much back then. I just knew we wanted to do something a bit rockier. You know, we'd be playing live a lot more. We'd become more confident. Um, so it was just sort of, we, were, we, we wanted to push the sound a little bit. And, um, and as I say, having Ken Meyer with us helped a little bit. He was, he, he was more, he's, you know, beautiful, fantastic guitar player. And, um, he's just, he was able to sort of help us push the sound on that a little bit. That, that was an odd song for us structurally and, uh, and melodically. And I can't remember how it evolved, but I mean, it didn't sound like that when we first started playing it. It was, it was more of a, of a, you know, it didn't have the big se- different sections or anything. It just had it just sort of moseyed along. But then I thought, I think what happened was we, we did the old, you know, take the chorus and put it right off the top thing that the Beatles used to always do. And that's how we ended up with that that structure, which was a little unusual for us, because most of our songs do just kind of start and mosey along after after a while. They don't really uh, have those kind of exciting bits right off the bit right off the top. As Mike mentioned, guitarist Ken Meyer was on board again, but this time he was given a bigger role than he had on Black Eyed Man. His playing, redolent of a lot of late '60s acts, certainly played his part on Crescent Moon. He's very smooth, like he's a very smooth player, you know, um, and just just very melodic too. So yeah, that that, that would make sense. That that's where he is. And he can also rock, you know. He can, he can kick in a pedal and he can do whatever you want actually on the guitar. But his natural feeling is sort of that very very smooth and melodic. And um, I don't know, I really I really like his playing. And it just it felt it felt the right way to go. You know, we wanted sort of a few little hooks in there. You know, I'm not I'm not a very hook oriented player, so. That was we, we you know, I we sort of play him the song and and have him find his way into the, the song and with the idea of him sort of providing little hooks. And, you know, if you listen to like anniversary song on that record, or you know, all, all, every song pretty much that he plays on on that record, he's playing he's he's playing some kind of little little you know melody, and uh, that, that was the idea. Margot's vocal just generally on that song, it, it's a it's it just it just feels a little bit different in texture to to the previous records, I think. Yeah, and I think again she was trying to sing out more. Um, definitely, I know like between during Black Eyed Man or maybe after Black Eyed Man, between that and Pale Sun, she she did take some vocal lessons for the first time, just to 
just to figure out how to get a bit more power in her voice. She just wanted to sort of up it a little bit. And um, so, you know, I think she was experimenting with that on this record. And even the, uh, yeah, the heart, you know, we, we built more vocals with harmonies, with Margot doing harmonies. So just to give it, a, just to give it a bit more of a, um, I don't know, just, you know, just to elevate it a little bit, just to give it a little bit more excitement, I guess. Um, so that, that, that was the idea for sure. The line about your heart will lose its pain is a, is a really powerful line. The chorus of that song is really about Patty, right? It's, it's about, um, about her sort of giving me a different angle on my life and our life and, and on life in general. And, and, uh, and you know, I mean, pe- people are lonely. You know, I think that at the heart of it, people are lonely. And if they can find somebody who they can share that with, um, it's, it's a great thing. And I think that's what that line's about. It feels a little bit like... Um a siren song sort of being lured away from by something from something you know maybe a different life to the to the one that we talked about in 200 more miles i had been married for a couple of years at this point and again reflecting on that and, and then and the relationship between me and patty maturing and uh reflecting back on you know you know our our, our courtship i guess and our relationship and where we were and a lot, a lot of this record is about that um so yeah, for sure, it sort of opens up with the the idea, and you know, even Pale Sun Crescent Moon is really about is very very much about male female relationship. You know, the, the idea of the, the sun and the moon, and um, in, in all its horrible forms and 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 beautiful forms, um, those relationships. So this is this is a very personal um, reflection on you know when I first met Patty and 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 and. Uh, yeah, sort of that, that siren call away, or the, or in addition to, you know, a, a adding on to one's experience, and um, and making it greater and 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 more more real, I guess. Speaking to all four of you during the the, the writing of the book, none of you can seem to remember that pale sun recording session. We we did it over over a bit of time, which is uh, which is probably why it's. It's hard to piece together, but you know, we all, I remember that I can remember recording all the songs and um, thinking that um, yeah, it didn't. The, the record to me at that time didn't really have a whole uh, kind of feel to it or a whole uh, you know, there's no thematic kind of vibe to it when we're making it. Unlike a lot of the other records, which definitely going into it, we we had that, um, and that might have been because we we hadn't really played a lot of them live or held a lot of them um, in rehearsal for very long before recording them. So they, they, you know, they just seem new in the studio. That could be part of the reason that you, you don't really have a sense of, you know, where it's going and how, how it's going to hold together as a whole kind of a thing. But I think in the end, it, 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 was, it was a good overall feel, but it was a bit dark. I guess that was the, that was really the theme was all the songs are very dark on that record and it has a dark feel. Yeah, it's never been it's never been uh, one of my favorite to hear again. I know that, so I should probably listen to it again. You know, with that in mind, and see what what it is that uh, that makes me feel about it, that way about it. It's a bit sort of claustrophobic, I think that record. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's part of the sound. Is like a, a dark claustrophobic thing. 
and it's got you know very dark lyrics as well you know if if you took out um anniversary song i'd say that you know there's not a lot of uh hopeful sounding things on that record lyrically it's pretty dense when we were talking for the book you mentioned the the impact of of towns was really starting to to come through perhaps in your writing at this point yeah i mean you know we we had toured with towns on the caution horses record so Black Eyed Man for sure was, um, and I'd already started to write a lot of Black Eyed Man. So there's elements of Towns on Black Eyed Man. And of course we covered To Live Is To Fly and and uh, I'd written Towns Is Blue. So those were more um, reactionary songs. But I think for for On Pale Sun, Crescent Moon, I I sort of absorbed a bit more of Towns at this point. And, um, you know, that, 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 um, that experience was just beginning to, what was being to, to, to go, going deeper, you know, of of hanging out with Towns and listening to him sing and 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 talk, and he talked a lot about writing writing songs and his process and how how he approached things. So um, that's always stuck with me. But I think it sort of began to take hold a bit. And I think on this record, I, I tried to um, incorporate a little bit more of what he talked about. And even on this song, on Crescent Moon, um, you know, the, the the this is it sort of reflects on a, an, an event that we had while we were touring with them and. Our bus, one of the, we had two buses on that tour. Uh, the crew was on one, and we were all on the other with with towns. And I think one of the buses broke down, so we were right in the middle of the of the prayer of the um, of the Midwest, like you know, middle of Kansas or somewhere like that, right in the middle of the prairies. And um, we pulled over as middle of the night, and and uh, we just you know we we were kind of stuck there for about an hour or so, and we wandered off into the fields, and and uh, you know we're looking up at skies, and and, and that little that little. Thing about the the moon, you know, reaching out the the, the opening stanza really is something that Towns mentioned. So you know, he he he, he, uh, he mentioned that to me. I just love the the, the the I just love the the idea of it. And um, so it's it sort of it, it kind of it sort of starts out with sort of a sort of Towns wisdom in a way, or Towns folk 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 wisdom, I guess. And uh, it goes from there. Folk wisdom has it that domesticity is the enemy of art. But as Mike and the band have made clear throughout their career, if you look closely enough. It can actually be the fuel for the most meaningful fire. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I remember hearing Tom Petty uh, to do a, talk about you know how he'd, he'd screw up his relationships, his relationships, just so that he could write an album, and it just, it just seemed kind of strange to me. Like, there's so much to write about. You know, it, it doesn't. You don't have to have a. I mean, certainly a bad, certainly a, the breaking down of a relationship is something to write about, but also the growing and the and the maturing of a relationship is something to write about too. It's not as dramatic, I guess, and it's maybe it's not. It doesn't fall into the um, what we what we think in terms of what a rock song should be about or a pop song or or whatever. Um, you know, we think a pop song should be about falling in love and falling out of love. But what about all the in between, right? And 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 um, so you know, I, I sort of when I go to write, I just I write about what's happening. You know, people I, I'm always asked like, well, do you ever do you ever you know not lose ideas what to write about and and i say no you know <laughs> if i'm still alive there's still something to write about whether i can write about it accurately or or, or um beautifully or whatever it's and that's another question but there's always something to write about it's just a matter of getting to it and and, and spending the time and, and the energy and the in your intellect and, and 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 working at it and uh and, and and trying to find and trying to find it so yeah i, I kind of kick against the idea that you know rock and roll is this one thing, you know, and you have to be this sort of lone, lone cowboy on the landscape sort of idea. <laughs> to me, that's just, that's just, uh, 
you know, it's, 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 it's stereotype and stere- I'm not a big stereotype guy when it comes to writing songs. Usually there's one stereotype that we can't escape the end of the show. We'll be back next week with another album special, this time celebrating the 21st anniversary of Open, released in May 2001. Cowboy Junkie's new album, Songs of the Recollection, featuring covers of songs by the likes of Neil Young, Vic Chestnut, The Stones and David Bowie, is available from all the usual outlets or direct from the band at cowboyjunkies.com. You can also get a copy of the book Music is the Drug from there too. The Junkies are back on the road again now, with new tour dates coming in all the time, across North America, all over Europe, and in Australia and New Zealand too. Keep checking the website for news of those shows. If you're a Spotify user, you can follow our growing podcast playlist. All the details of that and everything else is in the show notes below. See you next time.